0: Hi, I'm Phelz Gossier, President and CEO of the Downtown Vancouver Business Improvement Association. We're proud to sponsor the Coping with COVID-19 daily podcast series this month. Thanks everyone and stay strong. You're watching Coping with COVID-19 for Tuesday, April 28th. I'm Haley Wooden. First, a quick COVID-19 news update before our regular video interview. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau today said that some 44,000 businesses have so far applied to the federal government's $73 billion wage subsidy program, which covers up to 75% a part of an employee's wages. The goal of course is for businesses to retain and in some cases rehire workers and to help the economy ramp up to normal activity. And BC's education minister, Rob Fleming, has said that the province is planning for a controlled phased-in return to some in-class instruction. He has not provided a date for that return or when some changes may occur but has not ruled out a return to some form of in-class instruction before the end of the regular school year for K to 12 students. I'm Haley Wood. Thanks for watching. Here's our video. A new report from the Conference of Canada suggests that global supply chains will be slow to return to pre-pandemic Levels Joining me to discuss this further is Julie Edes, Senior Economist with the Board's Global Commerce Center. Julie, hope you're doing well and thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. You know, I think this question is on everyone's minds. When will parts of the economy, when will economies in full return to some kind of normal? Tell me why the Board thinks that it will take some time before our global supply chains get back to where they were pre-pandemic.
1: So the pandemic has been disrupting supply chains globally, uh, deterring business investment and consumer spending. And uh, we expect the decline in global exports to be the largest in modern times, even larger than any recent trade war or natural disaster. And um, so many of Canada's main trading partners, the EU, China, the UK, and especially the United States have experienced uh, or are experiencing strong supply and demand shocks. So we have seen uh, in countries like China and Singapore that were able to bring their number of COVID-19 cases under control. We have seen in these countries that uh, later on they retighten their containment me- measures uh, in an effort to uh, limit a further spread of the virus and a reintroduction of, um, of the virus through imported cases. So that suggests that um, the, the recovery or the return Uh, Of global supply chain operations will likely be
0: slow. um, It will likely be a slow process um, based on what we've seen so far. That's interesting. Do you think that some of the containment measures put in place now to address the pandemic as it is will persist not just over the short and medium term, but they might actually become fundamental parts of how we operate as a global supply chain?
1: There are still many unknowns uh, related to the the spread of the virus and um, the, the broader implications of the virus. Um, We do know that it's going to be, it's not something that will happen overnight, so we won't see a sudden return to um, pre-outbreak levels of production or uh, operations uh, through supply chains. So this is something that will be very gradual and it will likely be a process of trials and errors.
0: Interesting. I know, of course, there have been issues around growing protectionism in the years leading up to this pandemic, and we've seen examples of it even during the pandemic for products like PPE, for example. What have we learned about sort of this relationship between a pandemic context and how countries maybe behave when it comes to protectionism or protectionist measures?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it's very tempting for governments to uh, to impose protectionist measures in times of crisis like the one we are experiencing and to want to return to an economy that is more self-reliant we have seen several countries restricting their exports of medical supplies since the start of the outbreak but the problem with this approach um with those restrictions is that they can often lead to retaliations and reduce trust between trading partners. And this could lead to uh, escalating protectionist measures that could even go beyond uh, medical supply. So that that could make our economies even worse off. So instead of taking this protectionist route, uh, it would be more useful and beneficial over the long term to introduce measures that help companies to be more resilient when shocks occur.
0: That's an important point. You mentioned the word trust. I'm curious, what can economies or countries do to maybe build back trust that may have been lost? Because that's such a fundamental piece of having a healthy trade relationship. It does rely on some element of trust
1: hmm. Well, a global cooperative approach will be important, is important uh, in the short term to solve the current health and economic crisis. But uh, as you mentioned, it's also going to be very important over the long term to help restore this um, this trust in global supply chain networks. So um, we, we, do, um, we do believe that uh, by cooperating globally, that will set the stage for further uh, cooperation and um, economic relations uh, in the future.
0: What are some of the, the things or the thinking around global supply chains that might change or what are some of the discussions that might, we might begin to have as a result of what we're going through now?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so the supply chains disruptions that we've been experiencing have been very challenging for businesses. Um, it's going to have profound implications for uh, different countries around the world and different businesses operating uh, in the global economy. Um, but this could also be an incentive for businesses to rethink the way they operate. Uh, at home and abroad, and how they interact with uh, their suppliers and buyers. And that could also lead potentially to uh, long-lasting changes. For example, businesses and consumers are now relying more on digital solutions for economic and social activities. And businesses that can take advantage of online platforms and other digital technologies will likely be in a better position to mitigate the impact uh, of the outbreak. And research has shown that digital technologies can reduce costs for businesses. Smaller firms that use e-commerce platforms have more easily access to global markets, both for buying and selling products, and uh, they remain exporters longer than those operating uh, solely in traditional markets. So that's one approach. Uh, Also, businesses could develop and adopt more agile ways of modeling their supply and demand and sourcing their components. Um, And this would allow them to respond more effectively to uh, future supply chain disruptions uh, may they be from a pandemic or a natural disaster, a trade war, or something else.
0: Were conversations around, say, being more agile or using new technologies, digital technologies, were they happening pre-pandemic at all, maybe in response to growing protectionism, or are these maybe newer conversations that industries or businesses might be more keen to have simply because it's going to take us longer to recover?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, the the trend, the digitalization of the economy was one of the trends that was occurring before the outbreak of COVID-19. But what we've been experiencing over the last few weeks may be um, a catalyst that would accelerate that trend. Um, so it may be a, a wake-up call for some businesses to uh, just reevaluate the way they operate uh, with their supply chains and um, to invest in those technologies that would allow them to be uh, more resilient in terms of uh, facing future shocks.
0: If there are businesses or industries that don't heed that wake-up call, as you put it, and are dealing with there's a longer return to normal that it might take when it comes to our global supply chains. What are some of the risks? I mean, what does a slower recovery ultimately mean for economies and businesses?
1: Mm. Um, the businesses uh, that will be more flexible to the current environment, that will adapt based on the new realities that we are facing, uh, will be in a better position to um, to go through the, the current uh, crisis. So this is a very challenging environment, but it's also an opportunity to look at lessons learned and uh, to look at different ways to, to become more flexible in the future. So the global economy was already going through a digitalization digit, process uh, before the outbreak, um, but, right now with the interruptions in production and the slowdown uh, in some uh sectors in many sectors of the economy this may be an opportunity for businesses to uh, reskill their workers since the start of the outbreak businesses across different sectors have laid off many of their workers or reduced their working hours so this is a difficult situation for businesses but um they can also use this, um, this new situation uh, to, to get some legroom to reskill their workers that are now newly available so that their business is in a better position to tackle the, the new business and employment realities that uh, will likely emerge uh, over the next few months.
0: Mm-hmm. I know in this crisis for the first time in many people's lives, they've gone to a grocery store, for example, and the shelves were not fully stocked and the store was waiting for a shipment of goods to arrive. What should we be thinking about from a consumer perspective, any lessons learned or any impacts that consumers may experience as a result of this slower recovery?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, Consumers also are faced with uh those those new realities some consumers that were more hesitant to use online channels before have been uh, faced with a situation where they actually have to use it to to be able to uh, obtain some some supplies Um, they order something online and they can go to the store and have curbside pickup so there there are um, a lot of challenges that we are facing that we are experiencing that are um, causing consumers and businesses business leaders to be exposed to new um, new ways of of operating and so just like businesses consumers uh, also need to to be more um, flexible and also willing to look at different ways to uh, to
0: obtain um, what they need. Mm-hmm. In our final couple minutes, Julie, I want to ask you if there's anything we've learned generally about global supply chains and how we can improve them. I think going through a pandemic can certainly point out potential vulnerabilities or weaknesses. Is it clear yet how we might improve our global supply chains?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, A supply chain is basically a network between a company and its suppliers to produce and distribute a product or a service to a buyer. So typically, supply chains have followed a more linear just-in-time model with information moving from suppliers to producers to distributors and to consumers and back. Uh, so, the problem that we have seen uh, recently is that when there's an interruption uh, or slowdown at one of those supply chain stages, well, the impact is spread very quickly across the rest of the supply chain. So, there are, um, uh, there are some um, new models that were existing, that were existent even before the outbreak, um, that would allow to map a supply chain network and to be more uh, proactive when there's an interruption in one supplier it would allow a business to change more easily to another supplier where the supply is more is, is smoother uh, and continues to flow so there are ways to be more agile and flexible uh, in terms of operating supply chains. And this is this may be a direction that we uh, will likely see more often in the future.
0: Julie, thank you so much for your insight on this topic. A pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for coming on. Likewise, thank you so much. That's Julie Adas, Senior Economist with the Conference Board of Canada's Global Commerce Center. You're watching Coping With COVID. Thanks for watching. We'll be back with a new video tomorrow.